Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I talked to Kyle Claver again. And he was on the show, I think it was about two years ago or so. And we have a great success story to share today. So within 18 months, keep that in mind, within 18 months, he created and sold a site for $450,000 over on Empire Flippers. That is uh, before fees. So that's the, the top line. 450k within 18 months. It's really mind-boggling and the thing is you're probably thinking it's all AI content. It was not. There was no AI content. So we're going to talk to Kyle and hear the story. So how's it going, man? It's been a while. Yeah, it's it's going good. Thanks Doug. Thanks for having me. Everything's going really well. Awesome. Well, let's do a, a quick little intro and we'll of course refer back to the first episode which, um, you know, a lot of things have changed, but I think it's cool to see the progression. But who are you, Kyle? What do you do? Where do you live? What's your story? Yeah, so my name's Kyle. I'm a full-time SEO. I actually moved to, I live in Thailand. I moved to originally Chiang Mai for the SEO conference just to really dive into the SEO community. So I've been doing SEO now for about five years. Uh, I'm an expert vetted, top rated freelance SEO on Upwork. And I also manage my own small portfolio websites. Um, so niche sites, basically. Uh, and I am still living here in Thailand at the South Koh Samui, basically. Got it. And so you went over there for the SEO conference and then you were like, hey, it's pretty cool. I'm just going to stay. Yeah. So originally I was living actually in Mexico and then I just packed my bags. I wanted to learn more about SEO. So I moved here, packed my bags, moved here. I was like, I'm just going to get on with the community, the, the community as best I can. And I ended up actually getting an apprenticeship with uh, some some pretty heavy hitters, actually Matt Diggity. And uh, that's all. That was a really good experience for me. I ended up learning a lot. I'm really grateful for that experience. So what I got on with them, I just ended up staying. And uh, I was happy with Thailand. So I've been here ever since. Cool. And we talk about how you landed that, that gig too in the first episode. So people will be sure to, to check it out. And I think, you know, working with uh, one of the top experts really kind of shortcuts the whole process and you can learn so much more so fast. So we're not going to belabor that that portion of it here. So one other thing, you're from Canada, right? So you were like, hey, going to Mexico, get to some warmer stuff. So you you like the warmer weather. I definitely prefer the warmer <laughs> weather. Yeah. So <laughs> I actually left Canada about five years ago and I was kind of bouncing around a little bit. So I had moved in Thailand. I had lived in Thailand. I had lived in Colombia. I lived in Mexico. But I was, yeah, once I had left Canada the first time, like five, six years ago now, maybe something like that, I was done with it. Basically. I was like, I'm not going back there just for a visit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy to live in these different countries. I prefer the warm weather. I don't like the cold. And overall, the lifestyle is much more, you know, chill, as you can imagine. So I prefer that. Got it. Okay. Let's get into the real stuff here. When did you start messing with, uh, you know, niche sites or SEO or anything like that? Yeah, so first started messing around with SEOs about five years ago, but I was mostly to, I was doing drop shipping at the time and I was mostly just looking for another sales avenue, basically. So I had noticed that SEO was actually working quite well, you know, not amazing. I didn't have the same kind of success, but that's how it started. I saw some good success, you know, got some good results doing SEO on like Shopify websites. And then I had slowly transitioned over to more affiliate, that sort of stuff. So, uh, more specifically niche sites about, uh, three and a half years ago, something like that. Three and a half. Okay, great. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to go over the normal stuff. We're going to talk about um, the amount of content, maybe some traffic numbers, some revenue from a monthly perspective. 
content tips. And then there is a more advanced SEO area with, you know, age domains, premium age domains. So we're going to talk about that, probably a pretty decent amount. So let's talk about some of the stats around the time that you were selling it. So let's hear about uh, traffic, revenue numbers, sort of the the different uh, sources of revenue and any other details that, you know, probably were in that listing over on Empire Flippers. Yeah. So uh, just to be clear, this this site is the, I had been messing around with niche sites, but this site that we're talking about, the one that I'd sold for 450000 this one was, like you said, it was about 18 months from start to finish. So when I had started this domain, I bought it on, an age, it was an age domain from Otis, basically. And it was about a DR25 website that I had started it on. And uh, I did a little bit of niche research, like the, the quick and dirty of it. Basically, I did some niche research. The first article that I published was September-ish, 2021, basically. And this was an age domain that I had bought from, um, uh, sorry, from Otis. And the site when I bought it was a DR25, uh, but it had a lot of like really good backlinks that I was looking for. So I wasn't so concerned about the DR. I was mostly concerned about the, I was mostly interested in the referring domains that it had. So it had some high DR, like DR90, DR80 sites, like New York Post, that sort of stuff. Um, so originally when I started the site, I had put out like a trial article, a, a test batch of articles, about 50 posts. And I had noticed that it started to work really well. So once it started to work well, I just kept on firing content on it. Um, and then I did a couple of real redirects to help power it up, basically. So by the end, uh, by the time it was like listed on Empire Flippers, within the 18 months, I had added about 1,200 articles to it. So at its peak, I was publishing about three articles per day consistently. Um, the, the, the end result DR, because I, had, I did acquire some natural backlinks. I did a little bit of Haro, and I did a total of six redirects to the site. Uh, the NDR was DR47. Um, traffic metrics on that. So at its peak was getting over a million page views. Uh, it had dropped a little bit. So on average, it was about 750,000 page views per month. Uh, and it was monetized 100% with ads. So people think that's maybe a little bit crazy, but it was 100% ad thrive. That's it, the whole way out. So as soon as it got to 30,000 page views per month, um, I put it on ad thrive and that was pretty much it. So the end result for that was... It, it was averaging about 12,000-ish per month uh, net income, and it sold for about a 38x, which brings you at about 450,000. So, Got it. Yeah. Was, was that the first time that you had grown a site that big from an age domain? Yeah. So actually, last year, I sold another site on an age domain. That one was for low six figures. So I think that at its peak, it maybe made like 10,000 on like a high month, but on average, I sold it for me, I think it was like 3,500, something like this. But this, this site was definitely like took off much better than I expected. Actually, when I did the niche, re the, the niche research, which we can get into a little bit later, my goal for this website was just to get it to about three or $4,000 per month from ads. That's kind of what I had guessed the traffic, like what I would be able to get for traffic and so on. And then I was hoping to sell it for again, like low six figures. That was my initial goal. But it ended up growing just like way faster than I expected. So definitely a little bit of luck there. But um, yeah, I'm I'm happy okay. to turn up that way. Okay, couple couple higher level questions in some of our pre-interview discussion. You mentioned this is repeatable. You've you've been able to do this more than once. So are the other sites, you know, doing okay? But this one particularly took off. Is that what we're getting at here? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And well, actually, it was this site. Yeah. So this one definitely did the best. The other ones that I'm now playing with, like that I've been working on since, um, 
since this one started taking off, I had already kind of been working on a handful of other ones, which are all also doing well. But this one is just exceedingly well. But a lot of my process I refined on this site. I really figured out like what was working really well on this site. And then that's when I was able to replicate it on other ones. But still, they're not, they're not quite the success of this one, but they're close. Okay. So before we get into those things that you figured out, let's talk a little bit about the, um, the niche research and some of the preliminary keyword research. So you could tell us about the keyword research and such, but is, is this a niche that you were interested in at all? No. So I, I was not interested in, so basically like in the niche research, because I, I, I do for my own sites, I do focus exclusively pretty much like 95% of the time on, on auction domains, age domains, basically. I just think it's such a competitive advantage. I really like it. Links being, you know, such an important factor for SEO, especially with all this stuff around EEAT and so on. So for me, I was just like looking, actually scrolling through Otis, just like looking at different options, basically. So what I was looking for was just pretty much uh, domains that already had high authority backlinks and just seeing like what I could make work, basically. I was just kind of bored. I wanted to start a new project. And I was in there like quite a bit. And I was getting a little bit desperate. So it wasn't like my first choice, but I was like, ah, F it. You know, I don't know if I could swear on here or whatever, but I was like, ah, F can. it. Like, like just, just like spur, spur the moment. I had seen this one and I had found a couple of like for the niche research. Basically, I had found a couple of uh, domains that were weaker in the niche, like the same niche that this one was in, but they were had like high traffic in Ahrefs. So I remember one that stood out was like almost 200,000 organic visitors in Ahrefs, which, you know, is like really off. Um, and it looked like he had kind of tapped a bit of like a untapped market almost. So, and he was only like a DR10 and like no good backlink. So I was like, okay, this is kind of a good sign. I wonder if it'll work. Now, going back, I wouldn't follow that same approach. So I got a little bit lucky in that sense. Usually I like to see like a handful of low DR sites or low, you know, low authority sites, I should say, before I get into the niche, because one could just be an outlier. But sure enough, I, I, uh, bought the domain, set it up real quick. I basically just exported the, the, competitor sitemap, the 50 pages that I liked the most and set that up as a 50 page trial. And then like from the beginning, it just started working really well. Like from, from uploading and publishing pages, we're indexing on page one trap, like clicks and traffic were coming in pretty quickly. So I just, you know, within the first month I was like, okay, this is working well. Let's, let's continue to pursue it. Did you publish those 50 articles like right away? Like as, as soon as you had yeah, the WordPress set up? Yeah, as soon as I could basically have them from the writers. So like, I, I do have like a, a team of in-house writers. So as soon as like a batch of 10 would be ready, then I would just upload those. But the, like the original goal that I had like sent off basically was 50. So just as 10 came, I uploaded, got them uploaded and published as 20 and so on. And then usually I would like let the domain sit, see how it responds and then make a decision. Okay. Am I going to move forward on this or am I going to put this one off to the back burner? work on it later because I have quite a bit of experience now with age domains. So I know like, I know how they should act when they're going to work really well. Cause when they work well, they work like really well, you know? So I, I like, to, that's what I'm looking for. So if it's not working really well, then I'll just move on to the next one, move on to the next one. And I'll just put it on the back burner. Cause I know it'll work eventually, but it's just going to be a little bit of a slower process, but I want those, I want those like quick wins basically. Perfect. And we'll give a quick unpaid shout out to Otis. So that is the source for premium age domains and they, they sponsor my other stuff. But that is the place where you can go and look through their whole, uh, you know, inventory. They have a great filtering mechanism. You could filter on different SEO metrics and like Kyle, you could kind of stock a specific niche or some criteria that you're looking for. 
And then when you see it, you can snag it. So if you join using my affiliate link, you get a get $100 in your account. Um, and they're, they're great over there. So, okay. There's so many questions um, that just keep popping up. So I'm going to try to keep it somewhat linear so we could follow a story, but it, it's so interesting. All right. So you, you, you found the domain. You saw it looked like a decent opportunity. Not ideal, but it turned out to be... Um, lucky that you took a chance on it. You published the articles as soon as you got them back from the writers. They were getting indexed almost immediately, which is really, that's a pretty good sign. So how fast were you getting traffic and how long did it take to hit 30K to get over on AdThrive? Yeah. So I remember it took like about two or three months to get a 30,000 page views per month. So I think it was about three months. So I was getting clicks basically like seven or eight days after publishing on those particular articles, right? So I was already getting clicks. And then what I also got ended up getting really lucky on this site is I started getting a lot of discovered traffic. So I remember it was like September, October, November, December, right around there. I was about, um, it was about the three month mark, something like that. It was 30,000 page views because I have other sites on AdThrive. I'm able to get into the 30,000 as opposed to the hundred thousand mark. People are interested. That's why it was only 30,000. So it was about three months, got it to 30,000. And then from the 30,000 page views, it just went up like, like crazy. Yeah. Then like okay. four months, I think it was, it was, yeah. I think within six months, it was making like 10K a month, something like that. Okay. That's crazy. And just with ads, yeah, and, yeah. you know, ad revenue has been somewhat down. Um, although I guess when you started publishing in September of 2021, maybe it, you know, it was okay up until like early 2022 or so. I don't remember. We don't have to talk about the like historical that. ad rates, but <laughs> yeah. um, that's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Okay, so how long is uh, how long was the content? Can you talk about um, some of the details with what you were publishing? Yeah. So basically, with the content, I had so because I already kind of had that competitor in mind, and then once I saw that I was able to outrank him almost right away, I just kept replicating his content essentially. And that was kind of like my foundation. So he only had about a hundred posts in the site. So once the, the article, once the content was, uh, sorry, once the site was working, I was basically publishing one per day, you know, it, like within like the first like month, once it was working, then it was two per day, then it was three per day. So that's like, that's like 90 in a month. Right. So I went through his content pretty quick. So he had essentially like, that was like the foundation of like the site. And then I just started adding onto those specific silos, if that makes sense. So I was just doing some really like much more in-depth keyword research around those, those silos. Like he had missed a ton of keywords um, related to those. I think he had basically just set the site up, put a hundred pages and just kind of let it sit idle. He wasn't doing much to the site. So I really was able to outperform him on that. Okay. Yeah. And we talked about keyword research, which it sounds like a lot. The initial set was based on the competitor out there. And you mentioned there's there weren't many other competitors, right? Not for his keywords, basically. Okay. Yes. So how did you find the other keywords, the other 1,100? Yeah. So actually what I had noticed, so this is like a really important point, is that when I was started publishing, I noticed that I'm always like looking in search console. I'm always looking at RPM, especially when it's like a new website, basically, right? I'm really obsessive with the data, basically. Like I want to see, okay, what is, what keyword am I targeting? What is the volume saying in Ahrefs? And then what is it also saying, like what I'm actually publishing and how close are these things? And then also what you'll notice, especially with uh, with monetizing with ads, is just certain types of articles will have much better RPM, basically. 
So once I was like started publishing these, I had noticed that there was a certain subtopic that was doing really well with Google Discover and then also within organic. You're just like the traffic was way more than what was what was being advertised basically in the keyword research tools. And it turns out that this was actually a really big, um, really big like niche topic within like it was a subtopic basically that just had like a lot of um, hobbyists, so to speak. So there was like a lot of interest overall. And because there was so much interest and the Taiwan page was so much more, the RPM was quite a bit higher. So yeah. from there, I just drilled into like, I just really focused on that particular subset essentially and just hammered that as much as I possibly could. So in terms of keyword research, um, it was basically just like thinking of all the creative ways around that one topic that you create, basically, if that makes sense. And, Got it. And, and building up those silos, yeah. Okay. And I'll give a quick example for people. I'll make one up on the spot here. So let's say you're trying, my wife and I do this. So in, um, in October, we watch scary movies, right? So we try to find stuff that's streaming. And if we were looking for like best scary movies, 2023 streaming, we are not in the mood to make a purchase. We're like trying to find the list and then we're going to go watch the movie. We're not going to try to buy something expensive. So the RPMs are probably kind of low there because no one's in the mood to do anything else but like watch the show that they're trying to watch. Another, you know, maybe still in the movie area, but it's like how to produce your own movie. Well, people are going to spend some money on that. So the RPMs might be really much higher on it. So you saw the data after you published a swath of content and then you were like, this is way more profitable and there's a bunch of other keywords that you can go find. Is that a good analogy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and just when people think about like, I, I can kind of explain the, I don't, I don't want to say like I'm a genius, but I think I, because I, I do some consultations and stuff like that as well. And people really miss out on like so many topics around their niche. You know, they just do like, say for example, they're doing, you know, dogs they just they just enter like dogs into hrefs and then maybe some people get a little bit further from there but like you really really want to drill down so if i take like the dog example i mean within dogs you have like all kinds of breeds of dogs right so then within the dogs the, the breeds of dogs then you have breed of dog compared to breed of dog then you have like toys within the breeds of dogs and then maybe certain dogs have you know different breed like different toys that are relevant to them only so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to find all the keywords that are related to your main topic that don't include the main term which everybody is using in hrefs right so like for dogs you know you have like husky you have german shepherd golden retriever all these different things so go down on those and then on top of that you have maybe like i can just some examples right how you want to start thinking about these things is then maybe for example you have like bulldogs but then there's a celebrity who owns a bulldog which has a name which many people are interested in about this particular bulldog so then you can go and create a bunch of content around just this one type of bulldog that's named this because they have a celebrity. So maybe somebody's trying to search for like, what does, you know, X celebrity give their, their bulldog, whatever his name is or her name is for food. So you can just keep going down there and more and more and more. And another untapped thing, which, you know, people say, Oh, get keywords from, you know, subreddit or whatever. But a lot of people just like miss out on that as well. So, you know, putting, uh, H, putting, sorry, Reddit into the, um, yeah. Sorry, I can talk about keyword research forever. It's just such an important part of the news site, but we can go into that later. No, 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 that's perfect. So I think you were about to say you put it into like hrefs or something and you look for um, what like Reddit is ranking for, or even like I do uh, homebrewing of beer, right? So there's like homebrew talk. So you could like 
see what forums are ranking as well. Is that yeah. what you're getting at? Yeah. So within subreddit, like you can, it's the same, it's the same principles with Reddit as like all these other big websites is a lot of them follow the same kind of URL string. So you can go say you're into like home brewing, you can grab all the subreddits that are relevant to home brewing, and then you can grab just the URL string that's in there, plug it into hrefs, and then just do the matching like URL must contain this. So then you're going to get all the keywords that are in that subreddit that are ranking on page one, which then don't contain the main term which people are looking for. And then once you do that, you then have a new set of seed keywords, which then you can put into hrefs, go into matching terms and just expand on that. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, and then once you find a subreddit that has like a lot of interest, then you know, okay, what are these people searching for? And even if there's no keyword data around it, chances are people are like talking about it and there's some interest in there, then you can expand out on that as well. So. Got it. So some of these are going to be like showing zero um, search volume or they won't even show up on the reports on mm -hmm. hrefs because you found it elsewhere, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So even if it's zero, but there's a lot of interest within that, you know, sub Reddit or whatever, publish it, publish one or two, see how many clicks it actually results in, right? Because you can have wildly different results. And then, you know, okay, this, this works. Like that's what happened to me, right? It's like, you can't trust the keyword data on this particular niche only. So just spam those as much as you can. And it's just, mm -hmm. so when people do, even when people look at your Ahrefs report, they think like, oh, there's no volume. And they just, they just glance over it. They don't care about it, right? It says zero in Ahrefs, but actually those are producing, you know, three, four, five, six thousand plus page views per month, just on one page. So that's huge. Got it. Okay. Before we move on and start talking a little bit more about the domains and, and choosing a domain. Anything else around keyword research? It sounds like you covered it pretty well. We could probably spend like three days talking about it, but any other, you know, big topics in keyword research? No, I say just, just get creative. Don't always rely on the tools and then just publish it for yourself within your niche and then go back and look in search console. And if you're ranking on page one, you know, then like see what are the actual clicks and so on. Right. So we could talk days about keyword research, but I would just say when you're publishing for, when you're doing ads, like when you're publishing for, for traffic, this is like, this is the name of the game, right? This is like the most important step. So don't skip over it, right? Because like this, this will make or break your niche site, basically. So, yeah, All right. that and the domain itself. If you're using au auction domains, right? So the domain, good keyword research, and that's that's how you get the four hundred thousand within eighteen months, basically. How long was the content? So if I, I I have a strict. I, I basically just go with surfer recommendations, and then if there's no competition, then I just go with about eight hundred words. So okay. whatever, yeah, the answer is always on page one, basically. All right. So uh, Surfer SEO, so you're using the guidelines from that. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. So just like, uh, yeah, words and paragraph. Uh, but on average, it worked out to being 1,300 per post. Some like roundups are going to be a little bit longer, maybe like 1,500. Sure. And then the info articles is about 700. Like I said, if there's no competition, I just do seven, 800. So... Okay. Yeah. So 1,300, which I think, you know, if you if people were to Google and look around, I think that is sort of the recommended like ideal length, ignoring the the niche and the keyword and all that stuff. So about 1300 words, sometimes longer, as short as 800 words. Great. Yeah. And you right. can do this free just by opening top three results and just there's like, you know, quick tools, but I like to really check there. I think that's a good, I, I really like to stay on point with the, with the, the word count. I don't believe that a longer article is always better. So I always like to look on the SERPs basically like what, is, what are other people doing? What's working well? Yeah. Great. Okay. Let's talk about um, choosing the right domain. You have, you know, dropped a couple hints, maybe like having these, you know, very high 
DR type sites, uh, newspapers and stuff like that. Things that are really hard to like replicate mm -hmm. on your own. So what is your criteria just in general, everything that you're looking at when you're selecting a domain? Yeah. So number one is like links, right? This is like the most important, still like the, one of the main ranking factors, right? So links is super important. Uh, but also I'm looking for links, like as you mentioned, that you can't easily go and acquire because this is such a strong competitive advantage when you get into a niche, right? These are a lot of times links that other niche sites just can't acquire or they just don't have the funds to be able to acquire them. They're just too expensive. It's too time consuming and so on. So that, that works out to being basically these high authority sites like New York Times, these DR90, whatever sites, right? Um, like you know, New York Times, Forbes, and so on. But then also what's really important is, um, like the niche relevance, uh, the niche relevant, like maybe they're lower DR, but they're super relevant. And you can see they only link out to like legit businesses. They don't link out to other, you know, other like niche sites, for example. So they're just much harder to get. So chances are that it was like they had some sort of business agreement, stuff like that. So number one is links, right? That's what I would say. That's the most important thing that I'm looking for. Um, and then before I, you go on, yeah. what criteria are you looking for with links? Is it niche relevant? Because, you know, it's just going to be different. Some, some niches are going to be able to get some big time links. Um, yeah. So for me, I'm mostly interested in these like high authority links. I just think that. This is the ultimate like trust signal within Google, basically. So if you want to like all my sites so far, like knock on wood here, knock on whatever, they've been, they've been good through the updates, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with the backlink profile, the sites that I'm buying, basically, among other things also, like I've, I'm treating them well and doing, you know, hopefully like the right things. But I, I really think that these, um, big authority sites linking to you is the ultimate sign of trust. Now, especially with it, when it's a niche site, it's, I mean, you could probably get on Forbes or something, right? Because you, you know, you're a little bit famous within the community and all these things, right? But for a typical niche site, it's just not so easy to get these links. So that I'm mostly looking for those, basically. Okay. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. No, no, it's okay. It's Number okay. two. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the main thing. Now, if you're using a, um, you know, if you're using, for example, like Otis, right? The they're going to do all the due diligence for you, but obviously oh, there's other options as well. You know, you have Spamzilla or whatever. So if I'm either way, I like to do all the due diligence myself. So relevance is number one as well after links. Sorry. So I guess that's number two. I want to make sure the domain is like super relevant, like as relevant as possible. And the way that I try to explain this to people is like, imagine a client came to you with this website and they said, grow my blog traffic as much as possible, you know, which is still relevant. Basically, I just want traffic. That's relevant to my site. That's how I treat it, basically. So if that makes a little bit of sense, right? So okay. relevance is, is super important. Yeah. It meaning it's so relevant that they would get referral traffic from wherever the links are coming from. Is that what you mean? So like uh when I like the way that I gauge relevance is like number one, the domain like name. So if it's like a partial match domain, I think you're kind of limited. Not that's not a hundred percent the case, but I think you are limited to what you can, you know, produce on that site, right? If it says dog or canine in the URL, it's probably going to be like a dog or canine site, basically. But another way is just to put it into Wayback and see what was the site about before. And then also looking through the actual backlink profile in Ahrefs and just seeing the referring domains that are linking to that site. What is the context of these links? So for example, if you're looking at a site that doesn't, it's not like a partial match, it doesn't, has no hints in the actual domain name. But if you look at the context of all the backlinks and they're referring to this site like uh, about dogs, they always refer to the site about this is place where you buy your dogs. This is where you can get dog food, whatever, stuff like that. You know, okay, 
This is super relevant to dogs, clearly. I'm not going to do a pet site on this. I'm going to do specifically a dog site. So if I wanted to do a dog site, this is going to be ideal. So that's how like, I try to keep it as close as possible, basically. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. So, yeah. yep. And just like you said, as, as close as possible, as relevant as it possibly can be. And yeah. okay, perfect. Any, anything yeah. else that you look for for that um, you know, specific domain? Uh, no, I mean, you got to know your niche basically. So like, you want to make sure that like how strong of a domain do I need? It's basically like, well, how strong are you trying to compete in? You know, if everybody that, if, if all the keywords you're going after have average DR of like 50 on page one and you go buy a DR 20 and it doesn't work, well, that's why, right? So it's like, how strong of a domain do I need? How many links do I need? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, this just depends on your niche and what you're trying to go after. So basically just, um, yeah, relevance, total links, total DR, um, backlinks, make sure that it's clean. It wasn't used for any spam. The anchor text is clean, basically, right? Mostly branded, mostly going to the homepage. And that's pretty much it. If people are like, oh, they're going to do like a checklist of all these things, you could get the exact details there. So, uh, but yeah, that's those the main things. No redirects in the past, no rebranding in the past, that sort of stuff. But a little caveat to that is I have bought sites just to play around with that have been used for spam that have had manual penalties. I've got them removed and they're doing well now. But I don't recommend building, you know, your money site on that. That was like a test for me and I didn't spend very much on the domain. I just wanted to mess around. So, um, yeah, as a side okay. note. That's another story for another day. Kind of interesting because you probably got it at a pretty good discount. You get the yeah, penalty removed. And crazy then, discount, yeah. Okay. I actually put a, a small bid on it and then I, I forgot about it and I ended up winning. I, I was like, oh, just as a reminder, I'm just going to put this small bid, you know? And then ended up winning and then putting it in the search console and claiming it. it's, oh, you have a manual penalty on this site. Like, oh, well, man. just try it. And actually, I put content on it. And after it took a few updates, like, it didn't do anything, but it took a few core updates and then it started ranking. And now it has, I think, I don't know, 150,000 page views or something like that. So, oh, wow. But I, That's- I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. But if you want to mess around, sure. All right. So, another thing that you did, you got the initial domain, looked pretty good. Um, you did six redirects to power up the site. So can you talk yeah. about that process and actually break it down for you know people that don't know what a 301 redirect is, just quickly go over the, the main concept. Yeah, sure. So basically the main concept is you have a, you know, you have your main, let's call it money site. You have another relevant site, super relevant site that has a good backlink profile, which could be most likely an age domain, but it could also be a, a competitor site. Maybe like you want to buy somebody else's site and then merge it to your site. Basically, you're just setting up a 301 redirect, which just tells Google, um, it's a technical process, basically, that you're permanently moving this site over to your new site, the one that you're redirecting to. So this is really, I mean, it's used in real business, right? Because if a site buys another site, there's many examples of this. Um, they merge and that's like the proper way to do it, right? So it's used already a lot in business. It's common practice when there's a merger, but it's obviously really beneficial for SEO because then you are then acquiring these other, you know, this other strong domain, ideally with the relevant backlinks, and you're using it to then power up your website as well. So okay. that's like the main benefit. Yeah. And the, uh, the 301, it tells Google that the, you know, the URLs are moved over and it also in air quotes transfers the link juice over. Mm-hmm. So you still have your rankings and, you know, there have been studies and stuff. Don't quote me on it, but it, you know, something like 90 or 95% of the quote link juice gets passed over. So you still have your rankings and all that stuff. So that's why this works. So, so you have six of these. Have you, can you talk about the process? Like, where'd you get the domains? Like, 
was it hard to do? Is it hard to keep track of? Yeah, it was very simple. So basically, once I found what the site was working well, I was like, and I was really interested in the redirect process. I had, you know, I was, I really wanted to experiment with it. I had already done some redirects in the past. So once I found that it was working well, I, I, I basically went into Otis again, found another relevant domain, basically bought that one, um, and then just redirected that. So the process is like very simple. It's just a matter of finding the domain. The technical aspect, uh, I did it a few ways. The way, the way that I would recommend doing it now is recreating the, like, uh, the old site, basically, like getting some content on it, letting it sit for a couple of months. I didn't do this. I don't do, I didn't do it every time, but moving forward, that's my new approach, basically. So you're essentially recreating the old site, letting it get indexed, letting it rank a little bit, um, putting it into Google search console, like claiming the actual website. And then once you see that it's ranking, it's getting some keywords and so on. Then what you do is basically just what I like to do is set up a through on redirect from the whole domain to a new inner page on the site, if that makes sense to the, the money site. So I don't do a through on redirect from, um, I don't do it to the home page. I do it to an inner page basically. Okay. Do you make it line up with say like a specific content cluster or something like that? Or you just, how, how do you select the URL? If it's not the homepage, yeah. which one do you point it towards? Yeah. So what I would do is like for, let's just use like the dog example, basically. So say I have a website about, you know, it's like caninebreeds.com and I find another website, which was like a dog breeder of Huskies, right? So what I would then do is I would recreate the Husky domain just to, as a Husky, you know, simple WordPress site. And then I would just create a new, um, inner page, like saying like a skyscraper type article, everything about Huskies, like everything you need to know about Huskies. And then in most cases, like 90% of the time, I would just do grab the whole domain, right? And all the, you know, the sub pages or whatever that have all the backlinks. And I would just forward it directly to that one inner page about Huskies. And then what I would do is I would just build up the cluster, uh, the topic cluster around that Husky sub page, just make sure it has the links within there, basically. That way the, the relevance lines up, you know, it's, it's very relevant. And then you can expand on that silo, basically. Perfect. Cool. Okay. And is there a minimum, you said you would set up the, the newly acquired age domain, you wait till it is um, getting maybe a little traffic or clicks or showing up on the search console. Is there any minimum amount of traffic or a time frame or anything like that? Or you just want it indexed? That's the main idea. I basically just want to index and I just want to make sure, I just want to see that it's ranking a little bit. It doesn't even have to be getting clicks necessarily, but I just want to see that it got indexed. Google has now picked it up. It's maybe it's getting some impressions. So I will recreate the, all the pages that had links going to them. So say you had an inner page that had a nice link going to it. I'll recreate that. Make sure it's getting indexed. Make sure it's right for some keywords. And then once I see that, maybe a month or two, and it's like, okay, this is fine. Everything like looks good. Then I will set up the, the redirect. So a couple of months, basically. Just kind of forget about it and, and come back to it in two or three ma months, maybe. Okay. And you did six of these. So each time, were you just buying another domain from Otis or were you actually buying so, other blogs? So yeah, and to be clear, I didn't, I didn't follow that method. Like I didn't let them sit. That's why it was so fast. I was just eager basically, right? And now I, I've like refined the process and I'm not saying it doesn't work or it does work, or whatever. It wasn't always clear, like how well it works. I just think that this is a more consistent way. And I just wouldn't rush it. You know what I mean? So I just think the, the relevance lines up better. But I was basically just firing them directly to the site as I was getting them. I think maybe just the last one or two, I had done it this way that I'm telling you. But all, on all my new sites, I'm just letting it sit, doing it that way. 
So the first two, the, the money site that I had bought was from Otis. The second redirect I bought was from Otis. And then I, I, I had gone through basically like GoDaddy, stuff like this. I had looked at the other auction places for the other four. They were much, um, like they weren't as strong. They were much cheaper domains, basically. Like, yeah. But okay. I had refined my process basically after that because I was, I spent a lot of time looking at auction domains. I had set up a process for that. So just starting out, I didn't have that process set up. But then once I saw that I was acquiring quite a few domains for other projects, I had invested more time into actually developing a process for that. That makes sense. Yep. How much did you spend on all the domains? Yeah. So the first one, the money site, which was like the DR25, which I built it off, I spent like 4,500, roughly that. And the second redirect that I set up was 2,800. And then after that, it was about, I think I spent like another 1,500 on the four other ones. So some was like a hundred bucks, a couple hundred bucks, 500 bucks, maybe something like that. Maybe not even a grand, but yeah, around there. They were much cheaper, basically. The most, the most I spent on the, the one after that was 500. Okay. Got it. Yeah. It's about $7,800 on domains. Okay. So kind of a a chunk of money, but you know, after you bought the, the first one, you saw it was getting traction and you were happy to invest more. Yeah. Um, do you have a handle on how much you spent on the content as well? And if you don't, that's okay. If you have a ballpark, that's cool. Uh, I think it was like 1500 bucks per month or something. Like, so I had full-time writers basically, which really brought the cost down. So full-time writers were like 600 bucks in the Philippines. Uh, I mean, they were able to produce about 40,000 words per month each at 600. So it's about $15 per thousand. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you put it in a- It was about there like 15. Yeah. 15. But I, yeah, I, again, I was reinvesting. So I had got the site to be- you know, somewhat profitable pretty early on. So I was reinvesting. That's how I viewed it basically. Like whenever I'm starting a site, I'm not, I'm not, sh- I'm not putting a budget of like 50,000 or something like this, you know? So again, when I had, when I was investing this and keeping it going, it was, ba- it was paying for itself essentially. And I was, and I was still profitable. Obviously that's why I was able to sell the site, you know, for that amount because it was, it was profitable basically. So like the, the buyer, the buyer knew about the, the money that I was investing into content. And that was actually taken off of, um, like, that wasn't an ad back expense. That was part of the negotiation. So, okay. Yeah. It's not an ongoing expense. It's like capital investment, which is optional, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, we negotiated on that because he didn't, he didn't allow that as an ad back. So basically, that was the, the total was after content, if that makes sense, you know, because it's like, I'm going to have to keep investing into content. Doesn't make sense, you know? So that's how we structured it, basically. So, yeah. That 12,500 average was after content expenses as well. Oh, it was. Okay. So that was like yeah. profit. Yeah, sort of profit. exactly. Okay. All right. So yeah, still just so, so many things. Um, how important do you think it was to publish that much content in a short amount of time? I think Google Discover is somewhat driven off the velocity of publishing and you were doing like three articles a day for, you know, a pretty long time. So yeah, how, how big of an impact is that? I think it's, I think it's key. Like if, if I'm working on a site now, I will do less than one article per day. That's the minimum for me right now. If I'm really focusing on the site, like I have sites right now doing five articles per day, you know? So I think this is uh, for the success of this particular site. I think that content velocity matters a lot. 
I think that it it definitely pays. And because I was getting rewarded with Google Discover. So as you mentioned, Google Discover, one of the things about it is it's really random, right? You don't know exactly what's going to work and what's not going to work. So you're better off just to publish, you know, just publish and publish and publish and publish. And you can kind of take a guess of whatnot. And I tried, I tried like analyzing and doing and oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. For sure, it was definitely more focused on one particular sub niche, but you never know like what was going to go crazy. And I had like some days, which was just like madness. I mean, I had a $3,000 day just from ads, mostly from Google Discover, which was just nuts, you know? So some articles just really took off basically. So yeah, that was definitely more encouraging just to keep on publishing. Is this a, the kind of niche that doesn't have any affiliate products or products that you could offer? There is, yeah, there is affiliate products um, and there is affiliate programs for the niche, but I just wasn't interested in playing in that, in that playground, basically. Just in my mind, I was like, like I, I, I maybe like, so actually I'm very um, risk adverse, I would say. Like I just, I, I just, I know that, okay, for example, uh, Google is going to look at you differently if you're an affiliate site, right? So I wasn't sure where are they going to draw the line on whether I'm affiliate site or not. Is it because the types of articles I'm writing about? Because some of these articles, I could have affiliate products in them and other competitors did work linking to affiliate products, but I just didn't even want to include it. And I also didn't want it to, to bias what I was writing about. I really wanted to write content that people like that they, you know, cause you know, sometimes like the number one product is always the one that has the best affiliate program. Right. Yeah. So I didn't want that to, to mess with it. And I also just didn't want to get slapped by Google for being an affiliate site basically. So Got it. yeah, I didn't even add it. Yeah. Okay. And honestly, at the end of the day, I mean, some people are shaking their fist at you right now thinking, Hey man, you left so much money on the table. However, it does represent a great opportunity for the buyer. If they're yeah. like, Hey, we can rank for this stuff. There's 1,200 articles that are not affiliate driven, so it's a, actually a good selling point if you're willing to, you know, maybe give up some of the upside. So, yeah. Any thoughts? And that, on that? was part of that was part of the selling. You know, I, I explained to them. I said, like, look, there is these affiliate programs. I can show you the affiliate programs weren't that great, but that was on most of them. There definitely was better affiliate programs for specific articles. You know, you could make it work or whatever, right? There was untapped market, but I just didn't let that. Um, change how I was writing the content, but that was, I did explain it to him and that was part of the upside that he saw. And he did, I did notice that he added some affiliate links in there. So I'm not sure what it ended up being. I, I don't talk much now, but, um, yeah, definitely. That was part of the interest okay. for him, for the new buyer. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple other random things, but I'm, I'm going to like make a call to the audience. So if you have other questions for Kyle around any aspect um, we talked a lot about sourcing the domains. We talked about keyword research. We could actually spend a lot of time on other areas as well. So if you have specific questions, uh, leave comments on YouTube or shoot me an email feedback at doug.show. And you have some notes that you sent over, Kyle, ahead of time on avalanche theory and KGR keywords. And I don't know if we covered that sort of embedded. I don't actually know what avalanche theory is. So can you talk about that stuff or, or tell me yeah. if we've already talked about it? I'm not sure if we, it's just like we, my approach has just been refined over time, over these past couple of years for what's working. And actually, uh, Kyle Roof, shout out to Kyle Roof. He's got a lot of really great stuff on EEAT. I definitely recommend you check his, uh, some, of, some of his podcasts, if you're curious about that, but also his on-page stuff. But he was the one that like turned me onto this. And it was something that I found that I was already kind of doing, but he just systemized it a lot. So you can check out Avalanche Theory, just go to Builder Society, Avalanche Theory. But basically, it's the concept of like using traffic to gauge your site performance. 
So like a, a site, a, a site with like low traffic has low authority, like relatively speaking, right? So therefore you want to be going after the lowest hanging fruit. And I use that as a guide for my keyword research. So when I'm starting out, especially, especially on new sites, and that's what's been able to, I would really help to my, my consistent success across my current set of sites is just by like always starting at the very bottom, the lowest competition keywords with the smallest volume, get those ranking first, and then just build up from there basically. So don't go try swing like for home runs in the beginning. That's not my approach. Just like really like just, just hammer out the bottom basically, even if it's like 10 volume, 50 volume, whatever. But the avalanche theory just basically is you can, you can go check that out, but it's just basically using traffic as your guide. They have all kinds of different metrics. I kind of use my own little version, but that's how, that's my approach to, to starting sites now, especially on auction domains, basically just goals from the bottom. And then as you see your content start to grow or sorry, your traffic start to grow, then you can, you know, level up a little bit and a little bit and a little bit basically. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think I have heard of that, but I didn't know the name was attached to it. And it's kind of like, you know, most things that you're getting started at, like you can't all of a sudden, um, like I'm looking at my guitars behind me, like you can't like play in a band with like professional musicians. If you're just starting, you have to like play with some people at your level or maybe a little bit ahead and like just slowly build up your skills or build up your traffic in this case. So get some traction early and then you could kind of yeah. level up as you go. Very cool. Yeah, exactly. So I'm basically looking at my sites, especially now, like they are not auction domains. They don't have a ton of backlinks. I'm looking at them as if they're like brand new website. Like how would I start a brand new website? And then once, you know, once you have that and then you start to get like traffic and more and more traffic, you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind of like my approach. Basically, I'm going after keywords. Like if I'm a DR zero, this is what I would write about. And then I'm building up from there. So as you can imagine, it grows much faster and it's much much more consistent. And what I like about that also is the sooner you're getting traffic, the sooner you can get on the ads, the sooner you're making money, which means that the sooner that it's not requiring capital, like coming out of your pocket to then fund the website, I'm basically trying to get paid as soon as possible. So I have some other sites right now that have been able to get on the ads within like three months, doing it pretty consistently, right? So that's why I like that approach basically. And these zero volume or 50 volume keywords that a lot of people aren't touching, they have much more volume than and much more traffic potential than you could even imagine. So it's really like an untapped, um, you know, area basically. Cool. And I, you know, I do a lot of these interviews. That is a common thread. I mean, I hear from people that say their highest traffic page is a zero volume keyword. Like I hear it over and over again. And it's, it's not that it's not getting any searches. It's just people are typing it in differently. There's other long tails associated with it. There's interest in the topic area, but it's just like the specific keyword doesn't get that many search searches like verbatim as it's written. So that that's my take on it anyway. Okay, sure. Cool. So one one sort of higher level question, and then we'll like zoom out quite a bit. So in many of the interviews that I've done and or talking to maybe some folks that are more on the beginner side, they often want to estimate and quantify the earnings that they could get from any given post. And they try to do that to inform how much they want to invest. And Kyle, right. I think you kind of approach things the same way that I have in the past. And that's like reinvesting the earnings from a specific site. Of course, you have to have some seed money to get started, but largely you're kind of reinvesting in your maybe putting a little extra in but only based on the amount of traction that you see 
I never tried to estimate how much a given post would be because people are like, okay, this post should earn whatever, $1.50 per day. And if I publish, you know, 2000 articles, they try to extrapolate it, but they don't have enough data. And again, a lot of times these are beginners or people that, I don't know, they went to, maybe they have an MBA and they're like a little too <laughs> smart for their own good. I don't have an MBA. You, you don't either, do you? Yeah. No, high so school dropout. Like, <laughs> yeah. Represent, yeah. Yeah, so it's like people are just trying to quantify it and they're trying to feel secure in the fact that they're investing. And I don't blame them for that. They're risk averse, all that kind of stuff. So the question, a very long prelude to that question, do you do any sort of estimation on what an article can earn or do you have some formula? That's what people do. They're like, I'm going to come up with this complicated S formula that has all this data that's full of assumptions and it's just fucking wrong. So do you do anything like that? No. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, so like what I'll say is like, I think that that's like such a bad way to look on things, like in, in a sense, right? So I would never look on it like, what is this one post going to earn, like going to earn me? Now, again, it's going to be different. Like I'm looking at strictly from like an ads perspective, but you could zoom out and you could apply this to affiliate and ads by getting like an average RPM, I think that's useful. So like getting like an average RPM of a particular niche, right? You can do some research. You can just say it's like going to the lower range. You can say it's going to be like 18 or 20 or whatever, right? But then also if you have experience, I think it's much more productive to look at like my average um, page views per post, but not drilling down on a specific post because some posts are going to be like much better, right? So for example, you write 10 articles and one might be a whole run that makes up for those other nine, but you can't always know what that's going to be until you publish those 10. And it's not going to pay off until you publish those 100, right? So I know for myself across my sites, on average, I'm doing about 600 pages per post, right? So that's kind of my range that I'm playing at. So you can kind of do the math on that, you know, what, whatever your RPM might be. And again, because I'm, I'm generally answering like pretty simple uh, questions, maybe there's like some low RPM keywords in there. Maybe my RPM is going to be about $20. Some guys are like, oh, my RPM is like 50 or whatever. I, I, I don't care. I think the most important thing is just like play the game against yourself, right? And just like look at it, okay, there. And I think it's better to like be a little bit more um, pessimistic when you're starting these things out. Like, look, if you've never started a niche site before, I think you should just be focused on just like getting traffic and just looking at it as like a learning experience. The issue is, is that if you don't see it all the way through, then you're not going to get all the gains from going through it, right? Like you could have, you know, published 80 articles and did all your math or whatever, but it could have taken you 300 articles to figure out your process, right? Like now I've published thousands of articles. So that's where my experience comes from, you know? And, and before I was doing niche sites, I was also doing clients and stuff like this, where I was able to like work, you know, I, I had like more experience basically. So uh, if that makes sense. So I just know just like the long or the short of it, I know that I'm averaging 600 page views per post, right? So you can run the, the math on that. How many articles do I have? I can rank articles within like a month or two generally, right? And but that doesn't mean that every article is getting 600 page views. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I mean, some articles are getting zero, but you don't know which ones are going to be. You just got to publish. And I think, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. And then I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave this topic. But usually I find it's people on either extreme. So people come up with an estimate and then they talk themselves out of doing anything. They never start a site. They're just like, this isn't profitable. Like this doesn't make sense. 
And then on the other side, people are too optimistic and they're, they're going to see your numbers. You published thousands of articles. You've been doing this full time for a few years. You had great mentors and they are applying your numbers and they're like, I can make this work. Um, but they don't have the experience to, to do what you have done, right? You had a lot of not failures. You had a lot of learning experience along the way before you got to this point. So, okay, cool. Also, any, any other one, thoughts? One, yeah. One, one quick thing on that as well as like, like, so I had a, a site that was a failure. I had a couple of them, right? But I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep publishing. I have confidence. I just want to do it. And then a couple of updates rolled out and they just had like huge gains. You know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes like what I, what I say in general is like, never trust a site until it could be good or bad until it's been through a couple of core updates. You know what I mean? Because sometimes it happens, you start publishing and you get crazy, you know, you spikes up in traffic and then an update comes and you get kind of corrected. doesn't mean you got hit by the update. It just means that something happened where now, like I, I, before the update, Google was overvaluing whatever you were doing and then you could just got readjusted. So I would say that it takes like a longer period of time to kind of gain that experience. So now when I'm like starting a site, if it's starting off really good, I don't get too crazy about it. Even if it's starting really bad, you know, I wait for a couple of updates. I see, you know, where it's just going to kind of play out and then all right, now I kind of have an idea. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I had one site recently that just was like doing pretty crappy, not doing so good. I was like, ah, it's, you know, what am I going to do with this one? Core update came out and now it's getting like thousands of page views. Yesterday it was like 7,500 page views, right? Within nice. like six months. So um, yeah, that's what I would say. A lot of this comes from just experience and just doing it. Like just, just actually doing it, actually publishing, not like thinking about publishing, you know? And yeah. Like publishing, like one per day. That's what I like about the, the Builder Society as well. Is it just says like, um, it's like basically SEO with no resources or whatever the, the article, but it's like publish one per day for six months straight. And yeah, yeah, following the method basically. I think that's a good goal. And look at it as a learning experience. Don't necessarily look at it as like, especially if you've never made money from SEO, you know? So, yeah. Right. And I think actually like zooming out a little bit as we're doing in the next question, I mean, if you do anything for six months, like every day, like yeah. you're going to get better at it, whether it's like podcasting or YouTube, or you're going to write a book or like you're going to play an instrument or whatever, like that consistency will pay off if you're literally trying to do a little bit better, you know, each week or even each day, but that's a lot. But if you just try to improve along the way. So, okay, as we're wrapping up, you um, have been becoming more and more successful. You had this big exit. What's next for you you mentioned you have a couple sites that you're working on now as well so yeah what are the next six or 12 months going to look like for you yeah so i definitely have i'm still in a game of seo i still have my portfolio i still have some clients uh really the goal for me is just to put myself out there a little bit more i've been stuck in front of the keyboard really trying to make my sites work so i feel like i was able to hit some big goals with that i mean i had sold two in the past 12 months for low six figures and then just mid six figures so there's that. I also uh, joined Otis as a mentor, basically. So they had reached out and it was a good fit. They, they had hired a couple of other guys who had to join the team. So, but really my goal right now is to continue doing SEO, uh, focusing more on business side of things. I want to expand my, my business skills, basically. Like SEO is just one aspect of business. Maybe I'm, I'm doing some more paid ads, use email, that sort of stuff. Just trying to uh, basically increase my skills. And then also increase my network, basically just put myself out there a little bit more instead of just staring at spreadsheets, basically connecting with nice people like you, Doug. So, uh, nice. yeah. 
That's cool. And well, and I, I've got a baby on the way, so I have a, I'm going to have oh. a kid next month. <laughs> so there's oh, that wow. too. Yes. I'm going to be a grad. Yeah. Yeah, That's I cool. That. Yeah. Yeah. Very wow. exciting. So from a personal standpoint, yeah. Things are going to change after that, huh? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, where can people find you? Yeah, so I got my website, Digital. I don't really keep it up to date with a whole lot. Uh, social media, Facebook, and then also LinkedIn. I'm trying to grow my LinkedIn a little bit. So those two places, basically. Enter the chat on Digital. Just hit a note or just add me on LinkedIn. I think those are the best places. Um, show, like, reach out to me with any of your questions. I'm happy to help anything related. And hopefully you guys drop some comments. And if you want to learn more about the keyword research, auction domains, anything that we covered, I would love to expand on it in more detail. So just let us know in the comments below. Yeah. And a couple of things I skipped, um, topical maps and content plans, EAT, again, both of those could be their whole yeah. own show. So it, and AI like, content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this site was not AI content, but I'm doing a lot of AI content right now, human edited and stuff like that. It's a very exciting time basically for, for niche sites. So a lot of things are changing, but okay. uh, I'm excited to roll with the changes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll link up for everything and we'll leave one teaser, which I don't even know what your answer will be. I mean, none of us know, but Google very recently, like, like in the last week said that they were going to put AI results in the search. Do you, do you have any like quick impression or um, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that it's just, it's going to change the game a hundred percent. It's going to change how we're, you know, how, it's it's changing. It's going to change publishing strategy. It's going to change businesses as a whole. I think now, how exactly is that going to look? I don't exactly know, but that's what I'm saying. I'm focused more on the business side of things. I would like to use SEO to lead to other things. I think that it's just something that everybody should be focusing on. Um, basically, like building an email list, you know, trying to sell digital products, like just expanding just from the basic ad model, basically, and trying to build more of a brand. So I think that's really the future of niche sites. People have been talking about this for like a long time, saying, oh, you got to build a brand. And I was kind of like, ah, never mind that. I, I just wasn't into it. I was just happy just to publish content. So, but definitely that's my focus moving forward, whether that's my own brand on my own site, or maybe that's other niche sites, turning them into brands. Um, that's definitely where my mind is, is looking moving forward. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's, it's moving faster than I expected, um, most mm -hmm. likely. Um, but nobody knows. So like every yeah, time there's like a new development, then um, it's like, oh, maybe it's a little different, but it seems like it may be much sooner than later. And I was sort of, I was expecting it to be like a few years, like a so, sort of slower transition, but the latest AI stuff in 2022 and 23 has been like two or three weeks. And then like the landscape changes quite a bit. So, Okay. We're going to stop talking now. I know it's getting late there, but uh, thanks, Kyle. We'll put links for everything. I can't wait to catch up with you again. Awesome. I appreciate the time, Doug. Looking forward to hopefully doing this again.